hello, and welcome to Karate Kid Master Dojo. This is Grandmaster Craig. Hello, everybody. How's everybody doing today? In case you're joining us for the first time, I am Deputy Grandmaster Craig Greca. I'm a 7th degree black belt in the Universal Martial Art, a 5th degree master in the Taekwondo Martial Art. I'm a brown sash in Kung Fu, and I've been training for over three years in Kabuto Weapons. And I'm here today to discuss the teachings and trainings inside the Karate Kid universe, including the Cobra Kai Netflix show. So, um, <clears throat> our uh, Karate Kid and Cobra Kai example come to us today. Um, there is a baseball reference that is used in the Karate Kid uh, when Mr. Miyagi teaches Daniel how to punch using a baseball catcher, chest guard, and mask. Now, maybe it was the only thing lying around that Mr. Miyagi had, or maybe he was a catcher or a referee for baseball at some point. It could also be said, too, that he came home to work on his offense because he had already worked on his defense already. Okay? And that's exactly what our topic is today. It's called home base. Home base. Now, um, a little personal history on this. Um, I played uh, t-ball and also played uh, one year of minor baseball, as they call it minors, uh, when I was a kid because uh, most kids wanted to do it at my age, so uh, I wanted to do it as well. So like other kids were doing it, so I said I want to do it as well. Um, the problem is, is that the sport didn't gel with me very well. I didn't enjoy it very much because, for one, I wasn't very good at hitting. Okay, maybe it's because I was a really skinny kid and I didn't have a lot of weight behind me. Um, but I loved running. So, um, you know, I could run the bases like the wind, you know. Um, and I also thought the pace of the game was slow as well. You know, it was kind of slow for me uh, being out in the outfield. Um, especially kids, you didn't get very much action out there. Uh, I was bored a lot, you know, um, that's why uh, sometimes when I watch certain movies, like, um, uh, I can't remember that one movie, there's one movie where a kid just kind of sits out in the outfield for a long time, you know, playing with butterflies and stuff, um, because, uh, you know, he was bored and he had nothing else to do, so <laughs> that's kind of like me, I was, uh, I didn't, didn't, uh, didn't care for it. Uh, I did end up doing track later on, and I guess that was my love of running. Um, but I did gain an appreciation for the sport, and I enjoy going to the ballpark and watching it occasionally. Okay. Unfortunately, the last game that we went to uh, was a lot of fun. Uh, I took the kids to the uh, to the baseball game, and looking at their faces when they first saw it, um, the sense of wow, how big the stadium was, and seeing everybody playing and uh, there was a very action-oriented game with a lot of runs, a lot of home runs. I think the Detroit Tigers uh, scored like nine points. Um, and then the kids got to, since it was Kids Day, uh, the kids got to run the bases. And we have a memorable event um, from that as well because um, they were supposed to run the bases and stay off the grass. And my son thought it would be a good idea at, I think it was like four or five or something like that, he thought it would be a good idea to run from uh, first base to third base to cut the corner off. And, of course, he got in trouble for doing it. So uh, we got a video of it. So I was cracking me up because, uh, you know, his sister and I keep on making fun of him for, uh, for trying to go across, even though he didn't really know what he was doing back then. But it was cute. It was very cute. So anyways, 
our work task today is getting your home in order. Okay, this is actually one of the uh, uh, lines used in the Cobra Kai show by uh, <clears throat> uh, the guy who plays Johnny. He says, "Get your home, get your house in order, Larusso." You know, so it's always a kind of a you know macho man thing to say uh, to someone, but um, we're using it as as a uh, basis of what we're talking about for our work task today. Uh, getting your home base in order. Okay, so one of the things that I'm usually pretty good at, um, I've done it a lot over the years, uh, uh, helped my father get organized when, when I was younger. I would clean his workshop or clean his garage. Um, I do it at a lot, a lot of jobs I've had where I've kind of got everything organized and tidy. So the first thing you do is you got to get organized. Okay, so you got to get everything organized. Now, um, one thing you can do is by tidying up the place, uh, taking all the loose ends that are hanging around, um, and then picking them up. Okay, so that things, uh, generally speaking, are, are tidy and picked up. Then one of the things that I do, now remember, some of the things that I, I say on my podcast, it's just my personal opinion, the way I do it. It's a, it's, it's a method. It's not the method. Um, but one of the things I like to do is I like to clear the floors. I, I don't know why. It's one of the things I like to do. So I like to clean and clear the floors. Um, it kind of sets me up for everything else. I even do it at my job, too. Um, um, one of the things that needs to be tidy is uh, um, the floor. So, um, you know, as I, as I walk around and sweep, I notice other things that have to be done. So I kind of use it as a basis to make my way around. Um, I do the same thing when I mow lawn as well. Um, you don't notice, like, patches of bad grass or weeds or uh, things that need to be trimmed or rocks in the yard or trash or anything like that. You don't notice it till you're mowing the lawn. Like if you walk around, nobody walks around and just looks at their lawn. Um, it's mostly done when you're mowing it. Okay, so it's the same thing with sweeping and, and uh, mowing the lawn. When you're walking around, you notice all the area and you know what you need to do. So you make mental note of the things. Like for example, in my lawn right now, I have a bunch of moles. So I always uh, want to hit it with the, with the mole stuff after I'm done with the uh, mowing the lawn. Um, but clearing the floors is a big deal. Okay, so you clear the floors, make sure all things, all the floors are clear, and then you try and get as much floor space as possible. I know that uh, both at home and here at the, the studio as well, I try to make sure I have as much floor space as possible. Sometimes we accumulate junk over a while, and then I have to tidy it back up. We do all this um, to be more efficient. Okay, we do all this to be more efficient. Uh, like today in my office, I've been uh, picking up stuff, trying to clear the floor space, throw away junk, um, so that uh, and tidy things up so that I can be more efficient in how I do things here. Okay, which leads me up to my next thing here. I put a little comment down about this can be true true for your garage or your business too. Okay, so um, I guess it could be from a man's perspective, but it can be from anyone's perspective, really. If you have a tidy garage, you um, then then things kind of work well for you as well when you're trying to find stuff like tools and stuff for inside the house um, or trash that accumulates out in the garage because nobody wants it in the house. So you deal with it so that the garage doesn't become a dumping zone for everything. So keep keeping your garage tidy, especially in the wintertime when things are cold. 
is important because then you know you can manage the shovels, the the salt, everything that uh, goes along with uh, winter living here in Michigan. So um, once I get uh, everything organized, tidy, clearing the floors, throwing away the junk, then we start to clean, you know, sanitize and clean everything to make sure that things are tidy for and clean for the next person. So like you know, right now at the studio here. Um, you know, the, the floors in the dojo are pretty clear. They're clear, but they need to be cleaned. So next thing I'll do is I'll mop the floor to make sure that the floor is nice and clean so that when people come on with bare feet, they don't get uh, the black feet, you know, because that happens a lot. So anyways, um, <clears throat> moving on today, on to the martial art practice, okay? Now, I noticed when I was looking over my notes for today's podcast, the martial art practice is not as much of a practice as it is um, working on your dojo, okay, or training space, okay? So first of all, here is a definition of home base, okay? Definition is a place from which operations or activities are carried out or your headquarters. I like that headquarters name, okay? Headquarters usually means something bigger, okay? In fact, in Florida, when I was the only one of my martial art out there, I had two studios, and I called the Cape Coral studio my headquarters, okay? Um, here in Michigan, I'm not there yet, but if I was to get bigger, I could say that this is, you know, Greco Martial Art Academy headquarters, you know? Especially since we have... Um, we teach at other places than just here. So I teach at a, a local elementary school, Keystone Academy. Um, so that could be our, this could this is our headquarters, okay? Sometimes I call it the mothership to the kids because they think that's cute. But anyways, so part of our physical training today for our home base uh, topic is having a strong stance. Strong stance is very important, okay? It makes all your techniques better, okay? Um, when you're switching from stance to stance, like you know, from a, a front stance, forward stance, to a um, to from right leg to left leg, um, you need to make sure you have the proper width and depth of your stance so that you have a strong base from which to punch and kick from. Uh, it's the same thing true with other stances as well, um, you know, with a side stance or with a ready stance type of situation. And in our Kung Fu program, we have even more stances. And some of the stances that we do have in our core martial art uh, practice, um, they're not like official. Like we don't call it like the stance that we get into before we do a rear leg side kick is a stance in Kung Fu that we do. Um, it's just not called anything. It's called, you know, you kind of do it before you do a rear leg side kick. But it's still a stance. Okay, so some, some martial arts like to identify every stance that you're in. And I guess that's a good thing sometimes. Uh, sometimes it can be confusing to lay people and also confusing to kids. Um, so I try to keep things simple. The problem with keeping things too simple, I guess, for me, is that some people think that you don't have a lot of cred to your, uh, to your martial art credibility. I think that's how the kids say it. I don't know. Anyways, um, one of our... Another thing besides the stance today is um, how you do your blocks. Okay, so 
when we do our blot, we do our guard. We have kind of one hand by the uh, the back ear, the rear hand, and the front hand kind of resting against our body. Now, for the kids, we I sometimes call the one in back, that one's like your telephone, and the one in front, your microphone. Okay? Now, um, sometimes I used to have my front hand a little bit higher um, in recent years, just teaching it that way, uh, just because I wanted it to be, to be active. A lot of times when people get ready to punch, their hands are dropped. A lot of kids, when they punch, they drop their hands. When they block, they drop their hands. Leave one of the hands just laying, laying around while the other hand's doing something. Most of the time, it's a coordination thing. They're not used to doing uh, two things at the same time simultaneously um, with both hands. Uh, that usually requires coordination, skill. Um, but uh, it's something that can be done easily. It's not something that requires any extra strength or any extra flexibility to do. It just takes a conscious effort. So anyways, having a good guard first is important. Then as you do the block, let's say you do an outward block, uh, you, your fist makes an outside circle, and it comes right back to your guard hand again. So like the, we can call it the microphone hand, I guess. It comes right back. It snaps right back. Same thing with an inward block. You bring it across the body, protecting your midsection um, and chest area, and then it snaps back, circles back to back to your guard again so that your guard is always maintained. So let's say, for example, someone comes at you wildly with techniques. You, they punch to the face. You do an outward block. They punch to the stomach. You do an inward block. Every time your hand snaps back to the home base, okay, snaps back to home, and then you're ready to block again. So if the person comes at you with 10 techniques, 10 hand techniques total, you can block everything that comes at you. And your hand instantly snaps back to that position. And your shoulder is extremely active so that you can, you can twitch, sort of fast twitch muscle those, those blocks to block everything that comes at you. Okay, so that you're very effective when you block. Okay, so blocks return home. That's what I call it. Blocks return home. Now, um, as I said, the place of, from which operations or activities are carried out, your headquarters, is a special place where you train, okay? Special place where you train, and that is called the dojo or the dojung, okay? Now, in recent years, I've kind of abandoned the dojung thing because a lot of people don't know what that means. I know it's like the Korean version of dojo. Um, so I use both. I mean, I know that like in our heritage of our martial art came from Taekwondo, which in essence came from Korea, which in essence came from probably India at one point. So a lot of people um, talk about origins of martial arts just to make it sound official. Uh, but a lot of people, like, they have watched Karate Kid movies and stuff like that. So they know what dojo means. It's a term that's used a lot. It's kind of like inline skates versus rollerblades. Everybody knows what rollerblades are. Nobody knows what inline skates are. But if you go to a professional rollerblade area, like, they have inline skates for rent. You know, they don't have rollerblades because rollerblades are brand. Um, so um, dojo, I use that quite frequently now just to, for kids to understand. But... They all mean the same thing. Whether it's dojo or dojung, it means the house of discipline. Okay, so people come there to have discipline, to learn discipline, and also to work hard. Okay, um, in fact, um, we touched on this a little bit, but the word kung fu means hard work. So um, martial arts in general 
the word hard work just means that you're focused on something that's not necessarily hard, and you should never shy away from hard work, you know. I know people these days are kind of lazy, let's just say, so they always hate that word hard work, but it's there, and it needs to be still be used. Um, you also need to tune, make sure there's motivation in your home base. Like right now, um, it's uh, Thanksgiving time, so we have Thanksgiving decorations up. Uh, we also have our Thankful For campaign, which uh, students are telling us what they're thankful for. Um, so that's important. You want to always have um, you know, motivational things up in your studio. And I need to put a few more. And you also need to have motivational things in your home. Okay, so we have motivational things in our home as well um, to um, just to inspire and to remember why we're there. Um, hopefully, it is a fixed place, your home base is, and not a transitional type of space. And I've done this before. Um, I teach at Keystone Academy. That is an example of a transitional type of place. Okay, it's not my permanent home. It's not a brick and mortar. I've always favored brick and mortar schools over just teaching out of a rec center. I've done it before. I just, every time I go there, it's a different situation. Um, I, just, I just never quite feel at home, even though, you know, I try to make it feel like home base as much as possible. And maybe I'm wrong, but I've always liked a brick and mortar place better. So, um, and I put down here too that uh, sometimes it's just a place to hang out. Okay. Um, I felt like our Florida school, our Florida dojo studio, uh, was like that, especially the Cape Coral one. It was a place where people hung out. And I want our studio here in Michigan to be like that as well. And sometimes um, I look at things around me when I'm teaching, and I really do love teaching. And I guess um, just to get a little personal here, um, I was thinking about this today. Um, why I love teaching so much, uh, because there was a long time that I started getting resentful because I was so busy, um, and then people coming and going and stuff like that. And then I took a year off of teaching when I was, um, didn't really take the full year off. I was still doing Zoom, but I was doing construction here at the uh, studio, and I wasn't teaching. And there was a moment where I was sitting in a cold studio with the heater on, waiting for the place to warm up. And I thought to myself, man, I'm so far away from getting this studio up and running. I'm so far away because there's so much to do, so much construction stuff to do, um, so many things to get ready, so many things to do to get this place open. And I thought to myself, man, we are never going to get open at this point. I have to push hard. And I um, thought to myself, am I ever going to teach again? You know. And those people that have uh, seen uh, the movie, uh, I think it's called, I can't remember, I think it's Tuscan Summer or something like that. Maybe I'm wrong. With Diane Lane, I think. And she, she made a wish. Um, she made a wish. She said something like, I want this house. I want a wedding in this house. I want to have family in this house. I want to uh, have kids in this house. And she made all these things up when she was desperate. She had a really desperate need. And she expressed this to another to another human and um then all of a sudden you know towards the end of the movie he said to her he said you know you have everything that you said you wanted that desperate day um so um it's kind of um 
it's kind of unique. I kind of feel the same way with that, with, uh, um, with the studio, you know, that like I start seeing, we had a Halloween party recently and I start seeing people, uh, you know, hanging out here, staying out, staying over, staying at the studio for a couple hours. I start seeing people hang out before class, hang out after class, having fun during class. And that's, um, that starts to make me happy. I start watching it from the uh, sidelines and watching things just happen. And I start to realize that, uh, that it's a lot of fun. So anyways, uh, just to wrap things up a little bit, um, remember that uh, our secret phrase of the week is going to be a place of peace, okay, which is our mental training this week is a place of peace. Um, sometimes at your studio, you can meditate to get your bearings and then you can try to make the place better than when you got here, when you leave. Okay. So I encourage all of my students and anybody that comes to visit, always try to make a place better than you left it. So every time I come here, I try to make it better than when I left it. Um, so when you get here, you always try and do a little bit extra and then, uh, leave. It's kind of like the Boy Scout motto. We kind of felt the same way. Like a lot of people say, leave it the way you found it. And then a Boy Scout used to take it one step further and say, leave it better than you found it. Okay? So we do the same thing in our dojo as well. Have respect for your school. The technique of the week. Blocks return to home. Blocks return to home. And our martial art philosophy tip of the week is a dojo is a house of discipline. House of Discipline. Okay, don't forget that. Okay, so remember that uh, we're here every week learning martial arts through everyday work, thus creating life around you, increased productivity, and a better world. I hope that you enjoy the rest of your day and the rest of your week. This is Karate Kid Master Dojo. This is Grandmaster Craig. Have a great day. Bye-bye.